Yes, 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 people. It is Thursday, which means it's your weekly episode of Echo Chamber. So, as we do, we're gonna start off with the top 10 films streaming in the UK right now. So, people, at number 10, we've got uh, the Clear Devour film, Happiest Season, which stars Christian Stewart, um, Mackenzie Davis, Clear Devour, and Daniel Levy. At number nine, we have got Walter Dome's Trolls World Tour, which was a huge hit earlier in the year, starring Rachel Bloom, Chance the Rapper, Anthony Ramos, and Anna Kendrick, all lending their voices to the piece. So at number eight, we've got The Grinch, which is from Yarrow Chandney and Scott Moser, starring Benedict Cumberbunch as The Grinch. We got Cameron Seeley, Keenan Thompson, and Pharrell Williams. At number seven. It is Sam Mendes' 1917, which starred George McKay, Dean Chapman, Richard Madden, and again, old Benedict Cumberbunch. At number six, 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 we have got Unhinged. This was from Derek Abort, starring Russell Crowe, Karen Pitoris, Gabriel Bateman, and Jimmy Simpson. So, at number five, we are halfway through, and we have The Rise of Skywalker. This was, um, yeah, this was it. The end of the era. From J.J. Abrahams, with Daisy Ridley, John Byorga, Oscar Isaacs and Kerry Russell all reprising their roles to end the story. Oh, in the home straight, people. At number four, we have Michael Garcia's The Greatest Showman, which was that, I think, that sleeper hit that stayed in the music charts for way too long. <laughs> it starred Hugh Jackman, Zac Efron, Zianda, and uh, Gila Settle. At number three, we've got Paul Feig's Last Christmas, starring Emily, Amelia Clark even, Henry Golding, Emma Thompson and Michelle Yu. So, at number two, people, we've got the live-action Mulan from Nikki Caro, which stars Liu Yayai, Jet Li, Donnie Yen, and um, yeah, I can't pronounce that other name. I apologize, but. 
at number one this week in the UK. We have the John Favreau classic, classic, classic Elf, which starred Will Farrell and Zoe Deschanel, James Can, and Ed Ashner. <laughs> oh man, what a little classic film that always gets rolled out at Christmas. And listen, Christmas is rubbish, but that's a good film. All right, people. We are done with that But before we get into this week's films And we have four for you this week people Let us Let's listen to a little information Okay And uh, yeah So sit back Crack that popcorn And let's go 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 Cronenberg fans You are in for a treat because Shudder, AMC Network's premier service for horror, thriller and supernatural Announced today that is teamed up with award-winning production company Shaftesbury To make a new 8-episode instalment of the hugely popular horror series Slasher Hailed by bloody disgusting as top-notch horror storytelling, Slasher Flesh and Blood will stream exclusively, exclusively on horror platform Shudder in the US, Australia and New Zealand in 2021. Shudder will also be streaming Home for Flesh and Blood in Canada, the UK and Ireland Following its linear premieres in those countries The series will be broadcast exclusively on Hollywood Suite in Canada Production is underway now in Ontario, Canada Slasher Flesh and Blood follows a wealthy but dysfunctional family gathering for a reunion on a secluded island Their old wounds and competitive rivalries flare up when the family realises a masked killer is on the island Intent on a cruelly picking them off one by one as with the past instalments of the series, Slasher Flesh and Blood will combine elements of traditional murder mystery with intense horror and bold kills that audiences have come to expect. Canadian horror legend David Cronenberg has joined the cast for the new season, which will also continue Slash's trend of bringing back cast members in new roles. Returning from previous seasons are Paula Brancati, Jefferson Brown, Patrice Goodman, Sabrina Gedrich, and Christopher Jackett. New faces this year include Rachel Crawford, Janine Goosen, Sydney Meyer, and Alex Orzez. Slasher is clever, bloody, scary, and fun, and adding David Cronenberg to the mix will take this new installment of the series to the next level, says Craig Engler. 
Shudder's general manager. We couldn't be more excited to work with Aaron Martin and the team over at Shaftesbury to bring the Slasher flesh and blood to Shudder members. We are so thrilled that Slasher will be brought back to life on Shudder, said Shaftesbury chairman and CEO Christina Jennings. We know the fans of the show weren't ready to say goodbye. So we are eager to bring them the goriest, scariest chapter of this anthology yet. Hmm, not bad, right, people? The Slasher series over-delivers on good old-fashioned gore, horror and fun with fast pacing and exceptional casting, said David Kind's President Hollywood Suite. We are very excited to throw our support behind the series and resurrect it for another bone-chilling season. So you can follow the production via Slasher's social media channels. They're on Facebook as Slasher TV, Twitter as Slasher Series, and Instagram as Slasher TV Official. So... Something new to look forward to, people. Horror fans, the year may be coming to a close, but there is still plenty to look forward to. Shudder is closing out its record-breaking year with holiday specials from two of their most popular series, Exclusive new supernatural chillers, massive new collections focused on holiday horrors, and Galio, and so much more people. Okay, so the December highlights. Well, a um a shudder special will be Joe Bob Saves Christmas. Um, it's the Christmas spirit takes over the last drive-in as Joe Bob and Darcy close out the year with a double feature of holiday horrors. Premieres live on the Shudder TV feed Friday, December the 11th and will be made available on demand on Sunday, December the 13th. You've also got a Creeps Show holiday special. In the holiday-themed hour-long special, Shapeshifters Anonymous, featuring fearing he is a murderer, an anxious man searches for answers for his unique condition. From an unusual support group, it's starring Anna Camp and Adam Pally. The special is written and directed by Creep Show showrunner Greg Nicotero, based on a short story by J.A. Conrath. Okay, so that hits Shudder on the 18th of December. Okay, so they are also having some, you know, original um, exclusive movies. So there is Anything for Jackson. On the 3rd of December, after losing their only grandson in a car accident, grief-stricken Audrey and Henry, a doctor, 
kidnap his pregnant patient with the intentions of performing a reverse exorcism, putting Jackson inside her unborn child. It doesn't take long to figure out Jackson isn't the only ghost the grandparents invited onto their home. Now it's a race against time for the couple as well as the pregnant woman to figure out a way out of the haunting they've set upon themselves. Oh my god. (laughs) Consider this wintry anti-nativity tale Shudder's Christmas counter-programming from a writer and director who together have made a bevy of traditional holiday movies. That's Keith Cooper and Justin G. Dyke. Um, Believe me, this ain't a baby in a manger or Christmas with a prince. It's starring Sheila McCarthy, Julian Rickings, Constina Mantelewis, Josh Crudas and Yannick Bison. Whew. And it does sound a little scary. Okay, so on the 17th of December, you also will be getting The Pale Door. So the Dalton gang find shelter in a seemingly uninhabited ghost town after a train robbery goes south. Seeking help for their wounded leader, they are surprised to stumble upon a welcoming brothel in the town square. But the beautiful women who greet them are actually a coven of witches with very sinister plans for the unsuspecting outlaws. And a battle between good and evil is just beginning. It's starring Devon Druid, Zachary Kington, Bill Sage... Pat Healy, Natasha Bassett, Stan Shaw, Melora Walters, and it's directed by Aaron B. Kuntz, um, who directed um, some of Scare Package, which, um, you know, we spoke about earlier in the year. Okay, so you're also getting new series. All right, so season two of. Ellie Roof's History of Horror That will be hearing the platform on the 10th of December Um, There will be new collections as well Uh, So you've got the Holy Galley Christmas Okay, so slip on your black gloves And deck the halls with bloody murder Italian style as Shudder debuts its biggest ever collection of Gallio cinema, both classic and modern, with films by Dario Argenta, Lucia Fulci, Laberetto Bava, Michel Savi, Sergio Martino, and many, many more. Okay, so it will be featuring A Blade in the Dark, Death Laid an Egg, Black Belly of the Tarantula, The Case of the Bloody Iris, The Corruption of Chris Miller, The Editor, The Fifth Chord, New York Ripper, The Night Evelyn Came Out of the Grave, The Red Queen Kills, Seven Times, Short Night of Glass Dolls, Stage Fright, Torso, Trauma, 
Your vice is a locked room. And what have you done to Solange? Woo! Man. And, um, yeah. It will be coming on the second. Okay, so, uh. Yeah. Not bad, a eh, people. Not bad at all. But. There's also other new films. Alright, so you've got Blood Beat. Which, um, I mean, well, that comes on the 30th of November, but we'll still count it, alright? So that's a young woman travels to rural Wisconsin to meet her boyfriend's family and a samurai spirit, warrior spirit, possesses her body to go on a bloody killing spree. <sighs> Starring Helen Benton, Terry Brown, Dana Day. Um, you've also got The Body. Okay, so a darkly funny and twisted journey taking place entirely on one forgettable Christmas Eve. Body revolves around a trio of college co-eds whose dalliance with breaking and entering goes horribly awry. Following a freak accident, the girls find themselves entangled in a Hitchcockian nightmare, steeped in tension, suspicion, double-crossing and murder, where no one is to be trusted and a new twist lies around every corner. From the team behind this year's Villains, it's starring Helen Rogers, Alexander Toshkran, Lauren Molina, Larry Fresden, um, and it's directed by Dan Burke and Robert Olson. Okay, so you've got Rape Rare Experts, uh, directed by Jalmari Hallender. In this darkly comic gem, it's Christmas Eve in northern Finland, and an archaeological dig has just unearthed Santa Claus. But this Santa isn't one you want coming to town. When local children begin disappearing, Pieteri and his father captured a mythological being and attempt to sell Santa to the corporation sponsoring the dig. Hmm. So yeah, plenty to look forward to. And there's plenty more people, you know. Classic films like The Lost Boys, Bran Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> if you haven't got Shudder, you might want to go pick it up now. Okay, people. So, now we've had all that information, we can settle down and check out this week's reviews. Alright, you ready? You buckled in? Comfy? Alright, let's get cracking. Okay, so I decided to, uh, yeah, check out a, um, a new film from Ryan Hendrick. Um, so, a couple of years ago, he made a short film called Perfect Strangers. And, uh, yeah, so he decided to, um, you know, along, along with, uh, John Rhodes, who he made that with, you know, they, they decided to, uh, you know, increase it, enhance it, fill it out, 
turn it into an actual feature film. So, um, yeah, I gave that a look, right? And the other thing about it, it is being hailed as Scotland's first ever romantic comedy, which, that just seems baffling. You know, I was like, what? Their first ever romantic comedy? I mean, surely, surely it can't be the first, you know? Like, because you think with all the directors and writers and producers who are living in Scotland, wherever, you know, part that may be, one of them is bound to have written a romantic comedy and shot it. Like, it might not have been seen by many, but you kind of feel there must. Like, yeah, it's a baffling one. But, nope, that's what they're saying. This is the first. Did I say the title? It's Lost at Christmas. I think I did, but maybe I didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lost at Christmas. First ever Scottish romantic comedy. And, um... Yeah, it's coming to cinemas on December the 4th, right? So, um, this Friday, people. Is it this Friday? I think it's this Friday. Ah, I don't know. Yeah, Friday. I don't know why I doubt myself sometimes. But, um, it's, uh, got a very well-known cast and crew behind it. So, Hendrix, as I said, he's directing it. He uh, co-wrote it with Claire Shepard, right? Um, and it's produced by David Newman. So cinematographer is John Rhodes, his creative partner. Um, yeah, and it is starring Kenny Boyle as Rob and Natalie Clark as Jen. These are our, our lead characters in the film. We've also got Sylvester McCoy as Ernie, Sanjeev Kohli as Sid, Claire Grogan as Anna, Fraser Hines as Frank, Catelyn Blackwood as Clara, Karen Bartik as Ellen, Alizad. Alazadar McCroin as James, Alexander Tuan as Chris, and Nicolette McEwen as Nikki. Yeah, so uh, the gist of the film is, um, is this. It's Christmas Eve in the remote Scottish town of Fort William. When life is turned upside down by Jen, turned upside down for Jen and Rob, suddenly finding themselves heartbroken, single, and stranded, they team up to try and reach home a hundred miles away to be with their families. 
borrowing Jen's now ex-boyfriend's classic car to pair hit the road, but it's not long before the weather turns for the worse, forcing them to continue their journey on foot. Bickering and bonding across the snowy moors of Glencu, they eventually arrive at a remote inn where they meet other guests dead set on avoiding the traditional Christmas joy. However, as Christmas Day draws closer, will happiness emerge and draw Jen and Rob together? Yes. Yes, people, uh, that is it. And um, it's pretty much what you would expect, right? I think from the description, you get a, you know, you get an image of what the film will be. And um, yeah, that that is exactly what we get, right? Um Ah, so, you know, we're greeted, really, it's an, hmm, it's just, it's a bit of an odd one, right, because there's a lot here, and there is stuff that you kind of wonder, oh, like they could have trimmed, like we start off with Jen, you know, she's walking down the street, she goes into a shop, and she buys a scarf, right, you have her, like, walking around, with, she's got a big guitar with her, and it's like, oh, I'm gonna knock things over, ah, I just avoided that, and she buys the scarf, although she feels it's, you know, a bit expensive, it's Christmas Eve, like, you're buying Christmas stuff on Christmas Eve. What do you say? You could, like, what do you think's gonna happen? But then they had the scarf blow away. They have it blow away, and she's running down the street to catch it. And we then have a, a man with his, you know, partner, girlfriend, friend, we don't know. You're assuming at this point. He catches it and gives it to her. And the gentleman is Rob. Yes. It is our other lead. But we don't know that yet. You know, so, you know, we start off and we're, we're following Jen as she's, you know, traveling. And we're kind of wondering, where is she going? During, like... Hmm, what is happening with uh, this character? I wonder. So yeah, she's in her uh, in her cab, doling herself up. You know, so you're being okay. She is, um, yeah, definitely. You know, going somewhere. You know, somewhere intriguing right um but then we cut we now cut to our our scarf catcher yes we catch so we go to him and uh you know his girlfriend that we now realize it is 
And it's just, you know, you've had them going through these weird little motions of trying some uh, blood wine. And it's blood wine. Like mold wine, essentially. And just this conversation that really didn't need to take place. And then you have just basically this situation that's going to crumble. Right, and you know it. There's, you've just got him, like, for no weird reason whatsoever. He's, like, meant to be paying for this thing, and he's pulling out a ring and gl and just mooning over it. Right? And he proposes. And this isn't, this happens literally at the very beginning. And in the description, you, you know the single, so it's not spoiling anything, people. But he proposes she declines right so we we have this happen but yeah anyway then we jump back to jen right we jump back to jen and her predicament right so she's getting out a cab and um wait firstly i i will point this out right You've got the guy proposing, and there's a load of people around, but no one, no one supposedly is paying attention whatsoever to, to this that is schmack bang in the, the heart of what everyone else is doing. It's a bit like, what? <laughs> what? But yeah, so we, we're back with Jen. Now, her journey has ended. She gets out of her cab and she goes to a house, right? Goes to a house and, uh, yeah, you realise, oh, this isn't going well, right? Because there's a kid there. And, uh, yeah, transpires that her boyfriend... Yeah, he he's uh, not being that honest. Not being that honest with his situation. Which is all just a bit like, okay. Alright. Which, again, it, it's all weird. It's all a bit weird. Like, it, it, there's a lot of questions around this stuff. But basically, she then leaves, she goes to a train station, and that's when our characters meet, right? So they meet at a, you know, train station where it is all very wet and snowy, but both manage to say completely dry, which is an interesting one, right? Uh, they both manage to stay completely dry. Uh, and I think from this moment, I mean, you kind of knew it before, but definitely from this moment, you know what you're in for, right? You know it is going to be that film of characters who hate each other and they meet and then eventually, you know, they like each other. And that is Lost at Christmas.
right? It, it, it's just one of those films. And, uh, hmm. All right, I'm going to break this down into the things that I completely dislike. And then the things that possibly you will like about this film, okay? Because, you know, I try and be very honest about these things, people. I hated this film. It, it, it is, yeah, hated it. And look, you all know, I'm not a Christmas person, right? But I'm happy enough to give things an opportunity, give them a chance, you know? Obviously, I'm, I'm not looking to waste my time, so I'm not coming into these things wanting to hate it, you know? But yeah, it, it, it's just, you know, just like this interaction, and there's a lot of them that took place before, but this interaction at the train station, it just feels so, so false and fake, right? They're, they're having this weird conversation that just wouldn't happen. Like, there's, there's no point of this that you can look at it and go, yeah, no, I see that happening. Right? Because it just wouldn't. You know, someone would have told someone else to go fuck themselves. Or, right? Hey, listen. I understand. Not everyone, you know, not everyone might be looking to swear. But you're going to have people just walking away. Right? Walking away. And this is the thing. Like, the, a lot of the dialogue in this is very forced, just cliche, and generic. You know, there doesn't ever really feel like there's any chemistry between our lead actors. You know, there's just nothing there. And to be honest, there is nothing there between you know, Rob and his ex, Nikki. Like, you were looking at them together and it just felt weird, right? It didn't seem like there was anything there. But, uh, you know, the film, it's meant to be about two people who are lonely and have been dealt a rough blow, right? Who have been heartbroken, on the eve of Christmas, but on both situations, there are just so many questions that are never asked, right, never asked, because firstly, you've got her turning up at this holiday home, so it isn't the guy's proper home, it's his holiday one, which she does indicate, right, so it's just like, okay, so for some reason, you knew he was going to be there. So if you knew he was going to be there, he must have told you he was going to be there. But why would he tell you he's going to be there if he was going to be there with his family? You know what I'm saying? So, and as it being the holiday home, why would she have just turned up there in the blue? 
right? There, there's parts of the story that make no sense. And there was, there's nothing to let you know why. You know, it wasn't like, oh, they'd agreed to meet there like months in advance and he must have forgot. No, there's just nothing, nothing at all. And then Rob, so when you propose to someone, you, you there is an indication that you know or just have a very strong feeling the person is going to say yes but we we find out that they'd had a conversation about marriage three years ago and nothing since right which is then just weird right it is it's a weird situation because it's kind of their fault right and not their fault their like one partner cheated and the other one might not even care for the other one right but it, it's your fault that you didn't even attempt to read signs or just get an inkling of information right so it's kind of difficult to root for them and then throughout the film we have them trying to like force their opinions and selves on the other one right which is just infuriating right it's just stupid things happen and it's like they're not even trying to understand you know, and, and it's just this whole thing of Christmas, right? Now, I hate Christmas, but I know other people love Christmas, right? So, but I'm not going to force my hatred of Christmas on other people, you know? So, if I've spent, you know, the holidays with anyone, then it's just like, look, I understand you like it, so we can do we can do certain things that are Christmassy and you like. I have no issue with that. If I'm on my own, I'm not doing anything whatsoever. You understand? But it, it, it's that. You don't force your views and things on other people. And especially other people you do not know. But this is just about forcing an ideology on people. And then you find out later on, you find some stuff out later on, but then, of course, everyone does change their minds. And it's just like, uh, what is happening? Right? What is happening? There, it's one of those situations as well where they leave those pauses in conversations. You know, like when you when you talk to someone and you, they're like, oh, what do you do for a living? You're like, oh yeah, I do blah blah blah, and they're like, I'm a teacher, and they leave that gap, or it's like, I'm a nurse, and that gap is left for you to go, oh my god, that's so incredible, that's amazing, you know, they like that gap is always left, right, and this is the dialogue in this film, right? The gaps are left for um, 
you know, either laughter because there are so many just awful, awful jokes here. It, it's I didn't laugh once. That is the the problem. Like it, it's queued up as a comedy. I didn't laugh once, right? But there's these gaps for you know a laughter or for the cut out response from another character, right? It, 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 like the conversations do not flow. There's nothing that flows or works about it. It, it it's very it's very trite which was just so frustrating because there is like in a concept you could you know you could have written something although possibly cliched that at least would have worked better as as a vehicle and this for me it just doesn't, right? But here's the thing. For people that just want to, I guess, enjoy the holiday spirit, right? Just soak it all in and they, do you, you know, you'll watch certain things. You know, like everyone puts on a Christmas carol. You know, um, it might be the Muppets version or it might be one of the classic versions, but they watch it every year. They watch The Snowman. They watch Father Christmas. There's certain things that people will watch. Like, there's the, it's like, oh, it gives me that Christmas spirit. They put on the carols, eat mince pies. Hey, for people that just want to soak all of that in, this will work, right? It will work because it is, they have tried to imbue it with that, you know, that Christmas ethos. You know, the story of, you know, oh, there's no hope, but, ah, things have come together, you know, there's no room at the inn. Hold on, there's an inn, and there's, you know, a stable and we can stay there huzzah right and it, and it's going through those beats so we we have all of that you know you have the adversity and then you have you know the uh kind of redemption right and there is that like everyone's got a story and everyone comes to terms right that that's what happens so i feel if yeah if you just want that christmas feels right as my friends would say you know it gives me the feels if that's what you are looking for then yes probably lost at christmas will work for you you know but it isn't a Look, if you if you're wanting a strong, compelling story, you know, actor driven and all of that, like great characterizations, it, this isn't it, right? It, it's just not it. And the ending, like I I just think the ending could have worked, like the film could have worked with our our main characters just being 
a support system or just being friends that would have worked or right if you just went with the conceit of i feel so low right my world has crumbled i feel so low i just want to be with anyone for that human contact and to forget to forget just for a moment right i don't like you i have no intention of talking to you after this but for right now i just want to forget because i feel we all understand that right so if we went for those root emotions you know those honest to god feelings yo that would have run so true but unfortunately it doesn't go this route but as i said look if you want that glowing you know that glowing feeling of nice you know that warm hot chocolate hug you know what i'm saying then i will probably say lost at christmas yeah it it it, it it's the film that you are looking for you know what i mean so uh, you know they throw some christmas music in kind of christmas music right and each scene is kind of anchored with a uh, a musical feeling, you know, thermometer, as it were, right? So they'll play music to indicate, you know, the mood of the scene. So, yeah, it is all there. There's snow, Christmas jumpers, people... Christmas is in this film. <laughs> okay. And it, as I said, look, it's hitting the cinemas this Friday on the 4th. But, right, if you can't get to the cinema, or right now you just aren't feeling that comfortable with going, don't worry. It is fine. Because on a monday the 7th you can get it via digital download so hey they've covered all the bases people and um yeah we have links in the episode information so if you want to uh pre-order and all of that yo just hit the link and take care of your business all right but um yeah there you go do you christmas or do you humbug it is up to you people but lost at christmas is there waiting okay so i um yeah i decided to check out a film called the glassed man um it is an interesting one and I think there's a lot to kind of unpack with it, right? Uh, so it is, um, well, it's an old film, right? Which is crazy enough. 
you know, it was made in 2000 and, uh, 2009, you know, that, and it's, yeah, only just being released, so it got shown at, um, Fright Fest, you know, um, in 2011, you know, that's when it kind of made its debut, but, um, yeah, hasn't been released, released, uh, since, I believe it was out for rent for a period of time, maybe in 2015, um, but yeah, it wasn't actually, you know, released to people, so, yeah, during this period of everything being locked down, yeah, this is the time to try and get stuff out, right, and, uh, that's what, um, you know, the film's director, and, um, you know, writer, and one of the, uh, you know, stars, Christian Salemo, he, um, yeah, that's what he did, um, so yes, as just mentioned, Christian, uh, he, he directed it, he wrote it, you know, he edited it, you know, he was wearing a lot of hats here, he's also playing a, um, a role in the film too, um, so, the other people involved, uh, well, 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 people, you've got cinematography from Bruce, um, Melhulish, music is Ollie Newman, and the film stars Andy Nyman as Martin Pright, uh, Nev Campbell as Julie Pright, his wife, uh, we've got, um, James Cosmo, he plays a character called Pico, a, uh, a loan shark, uh, we've got, um, Lauren Burroughs as Janie, um, Lauren, um, oh, that's Lorraine, my bad, Lorraine Burroughs as Janie, Lauren Cuthbertson as Juliet, I think they're, they're our main people, Brett Allen as Ian, one of his, um, work friends, um, yeah, they're, they're our main gang, as it were, now, the, um, yeah, as I said, look, the film was, um, shot in 2009, so that was when the country was in a credit crunch, you know, which started in 2008, so you can see that was part of the, uh, you know, drive to create this, but the film itself, it follows Martin, um, a suit-clad middle-class businessman who has the beautiful car, the beautiful wife, and a beautiful home. His identity as a successful breadwinner is shattered when he is dismissed from work, leaving him struggling to pay for his lifestyle. His frantic attempts to maintain the illusion that everything is okay leads him into desperate trouble when a loan shark shows up at his house to collect Martin's debts. We find that there is no debt Martin won't sink in order to hold on to what he's got. Focusing on an outwardly mild middle class character makes Glassman a novel and even 
decade later. Um, now, I think one of the big things that is kind of being pressed in the press kits and stuff like that is um, toxic masculinity, right? That is, um, yeah, it, it seems to be a theme that I think they, they want to be uh, spoken about. And, hmm, I don't know, right? I, I just think there's certain labels that you can throw onto things that are very trendy right now. You know what I mean? Talking about certain things and, ooh, saying something is something. But I, I, I do think it is, it's hard to try and pinpoint some things at some times, right? Um, I think when you watch the film, like there is definitely, right? There is, there is definitely issues going on, you know? Um, but like, I think it could be, I mean, like it's easy just to classify everything in like these certain pigeonholes, right? I, I, I think that's a, an easy thing, but I don't think it's always the case. But, you know, the film kind of starts, right? And we've got Andy, um, we've got Martin, we, we see him shaving, and um, he, he's in a panic because he can't find, you know, this tie. And, and no, this belt, he's looking for a belt. And we we have him interacting with his wife, Julie. And I think this is all to kind of set the scene that, hey, he's this businessman. And he, you know, he, he's like, I've got a big meeting and I need this. And, you know, it's all of this. Right. And certain things of, oh, like, oh, you've got your nice watch. And, oh, you've got this. And, you know, they're just pointing these things out. Right, to, to kind of show who he is, set this certain scene, and all of that. We then have him, you know, go to the door because we hear a letter come through, and it's a um, it's a bill, right? So this is our first indication that things aren't, you know, aren't really what he's trying to project. You know, it, we don't really get a clear look at the letter, but we see certain things like um, it's uh, about his mortgage and he owes a lot, a big chunk of money, and he's got, you know, 30 days to pay it back. So, you know, we got this, and then he, you know, he lies to his wife, obviously, right? lies to his wife and you're thinking okay right that's an issue right that is definitely an issue here so we know that yeah it's gonna come back and haunt him right the the situation it's gonna you know reappear in the film but we have him now he leaves his house right leaves his house gets in his car and um he's uh yeah 
driving to work. Well, I should say, before that, you know, he, like, Julie's wife has been watching something on TV, uh, which is about um, one of his friends, right? One of his friends is a, a movie star, you know? Big time movie star, it's in films, all of that, right? So he's doing an interview um, on the television, and um, yeah, they're, they're, they're watching him, uh, you know, do that. And then when his wife leaves, he sits down and watches a clip of the film. Um, yeah, you know, it is what it is. So from there, as I said, look, he gets in the car and uh, he, he drives off, right? Drives off, goes to work. And as soon as he gets to work, we see, you know, another kind of aspect of just the crazy bullshit <laughs> you know a, a guy you know we have this weird conversation and then the guy kind of ushers him ushers him to the side crouches down and when we find out that oh yeah he's he's been let go from work and basically it you know from what you can surmise, it's not a good situation. You know, people have been told not to speak to him, all of this. And the guy, he's like, um, oh, you know, what's Julie think? He's like, oh, I didn't tell her. You know, I, I just leave for work every day. And, um, yeah. And I think his friend Ian, I think he thinks that it's a joke. But, yeah, it, it isn't, clearly. Um, so it looks like, you know, Martin has come to work today to sign some papers, collect his reference, and we, there's a few interactions that are just a bit, and, um, you know, the reference isn't good, he, there's a confrontation with his, I think, I don't know if it's his partner, you know, the, it's the person that kind of got him kicked out basically so um yeah we then we then kind of have him go about his day right he goes to a florist picks up well yeah picks up some flowers after a lot you know credit cards not going through all of this when he gets home is a confrontation with his wife right confrontation with his wife with from a message that was left from someone at his work, you know, the, the, the girl from HR, um, who he had a confrontation with, and it's kind of clear the air, but the message is kind of suggestive, you could read other things into it, there's another bad interaction with the wife, she goes to bed, and Andy stays up, and that's kind of where the film really takes off. Because we get a knock at the door, and it's the it's Pico, our loan shark. Um, and then from the rest of the film, it's kind of Martin and Pico interacting, kind of going through these things, going through these things, these situations that seem to escalate and escalate and escalate. 
uh, yeah, you know, he bump, he goes to see his friend, you know, the film star, Toby, um, and then we get the big kind of conclusion, and I don't know, look, I think you can see what is intended with the film, you know, like, there is definitely, there, you know, Another thing that's kind of mentioned in the press kit is like repressed feelings. And look, that is front and center. There is a front and center situation um, because, you know, he doesn't want to admit. Because there are so many occasions, <laughs> like to tell his wife. And also, you've just received a bill. You've received a bill, a notice, saying that if you don't pay in 30 days, shit's going down. So she's going to find out, right? So you would think at that point you would have a conversation, but he doesn't. And that speaks to the psyche, right? Because it's just like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it work. I'm going to sort this out. I can't tell her. I, I need to save face. You know, it's, it's, it's everything he is doing is to save face. So you see that. Now, I think there are, there are issues with the film. Like, I think the first thing, right, it's this conversation he has with his wife. You know, oh, where's my bell? And all of this. And it's just, it's not good. Right, the dialogue is it's not good. You don't believe that they are a. Uh, you just don't believe they're a couple, right? You don't believe they're a loving couple. Like there just seems no connection between them whatsoever, right? And I think you could get around this. You could definitely get around this if you kind of wrote it that they're estranged or something, something, right? But they're not meant to be. That's the problem. They're not meant to be. They're meant to be happy and all of this. But it just doesn't, doesn't come across. You don't believe it. Then just all the other interactions, like when he meets his friend Ian at work, and you know, well, even before that, just... The clips they're watching on TV of his friend Toby talking to the news presenter. And then the clip of the film. It's all bad. Right? It doesn't flow. It all seems very clunky. Right? Then, as I said, look, he gets to work. He's speaking to his friend Ian. And you, look, that conversation, yes, in real life, it's going to be weird. Right? Someone doesn't want to tell you that, uh, you know what I mean? You've kind of been ostracized and no one can talk to you and all of this. But even with the, you know, the weirdness that it should be, it just, again, doesn't, doesn't really come across as a, a, a real interaction. We have him speaking to the girl from HR again, just doesn't work, right, you, you, look, you'd definitely be disgruntled and stuff, but, like, he's asking these inane questions that just, 
it's weird. It's all weird. And when, you know, the guy that got him the sack turns up, it's just the way it's like, what the fuck are you doing? It's just people won't talk. They wouldn't be talking like that. You know, you've got people interacting in this weird way. You know, it's kind of like you want to hit these points, right? So you're writing this script and you want to hit these points. You're like, oh, it'd be so cool if they do this. But, you know... In your head, on paper, yes, it might sound a certain way, but when you actually see it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't come across well. You know, it's not believable, and that's one of the big things. Uh, just there are so many things in the film that aren't believable, right? There's ugh, the interaction with the florist. It's just a bit weird. You know, there's a, a, a another interaction on the street. It's meant to, like this confrontation, this mugging. And I think it would have worked better in a confined space. Right? If you've got it that Martin cannot move, can't go anywhere. But where it is, like, there's loads of people walking past them. You know, he and he seems like the type of person that A would run or B would possibly just fall down crying. Right. You know, so it's, it's a bit like for it to just to go the way it goes. Oh, it's, it's, it doesn't. It's bad. You know, you've got the guy doing the thing, you know, like, oh, what would a typical bad person say it is kind of like that you know you, you like oh let me google bad words and uh yeah I'll, oh i use those you know and that's an issue i feel that's the big issue going through the film it's just terrible dialogue and unbelievable scenarios the whole lone shark thing it's compelling at times, but again, it's the dialogue and everything that just make it fall down. You have to wonder too, at what time of the day is this? Because we have Julie go to bed. And we have her go to bed. Um, and we also have her take a... Uh, a sleeping pill and yeah so she goes to bed right he's still up and it's dark outside and all of this and then the guy turns up but we don't really know what time because I think the time factors in because he's doing all of this stuff and so you think it you definitely would make sense for it to be late late at night but then that makes it weird with a, you know, the stop he makes at his friend's house. Because there is no reference of, God damn, it is late. What the fuck? Like, yeah, there's just things. And you're just like, what, what's going on? You know, what is, yeah, what is going on? Um... 
Yeah, I don't know. Because again, look, you can see what they're trying to do with the film, you know? And then when you, I think you find out information about, um, you know, the director, Christian, you understand, look, he, he's gone through some tough times. You know, he, he had issues with being successful and then period of time not successful. You know, where he doesn't, you know, and you didn't want to tell anyone, right? So he, you can see that the story is personal to him. And he wants to try and get across the thing of, look, you need to talk to people. There's no shame in having certain conversations, you know? Like your friends and your loved ones will be there to support you. So you can see that. But it just, it doesn't necessarily translate to the screen. Now, we then, you know, further on in the film, we, there's this big discovery, right? There's this big discovery on a situation um, that happens, uh, which is funny because um, I just watched another film that kind of uses the same um, you know, scenario, um, and I, like, with this, there's, you know, there's these things that go down that then make no sense, right, they, they just don't make any sense for, like, the now, the big thing that you want to, um, you want to inform us about, Right? You you want us to believe. You know, because it is this reveal that is kind of like, oh, but with everything the way it's been played, it's just a little bit like, huh. Okay. And that doesn't really make any sense then. That's a bit weird. Which is an odd one, right? And I think it dilutes the, the, then this big, um, big situation and this moment. We also have another part towards the very end of the film, right? This, this situation. But the problem is, right, from what we have seen... Because we see the back of the car. We've seen the back of the car in other shots. And there is nothing there. So it, you're then wondering about then this whole bit. Right? Because it doesn't... It doesn't work. Like it's an odd... It's an odd thing to then throw in and include. Like, boom! Ha! There, yeah, check this out. Right, because you're just like, wait, huh? I don't get it. I really don't get it. But, again, as I said, look, you understand what they're trying to do. You understand what they're trying to do. And I think that, look, is a commendable thing, right? Trying to um, shine a spotlight, get people talking, get people to understand that, there is no shame in it. Everyone hits hard times. You know? Literally, everyone will hit 
a, a rough patch, but it's not the end of the world. And it will, it might feel like that in the moment. Definitely might, you know? But yeah, look, just trust your friends, trust your loved ones, speak. Yeah, that's a good message to, to put out there, to try and um, instill in people. It's just a shame that it doesn't work. Um, doesn't work as well as you can, you know, feel they wanted. But, uh, yeah, you know, look, the film is out on Monday. You know, you'll be able to get it through, uh, you know, your usual spots. iTunes, Google, yeah. You know, the usual places in which you will download a film. So, uh, you know, if you, you know, like the actors, you know what I mean? Because, as I said, look, it's got a decent cast, right? James Cosmos, you know, Andy Nyman, Nev Campbell, they're all big stars, right? Um, and then, you know, Lorraine Burroughs, you know, Josie Diaby, it's, it's got known people in the film, um, so yeah, if you like these people, and you want to, you know, you want to see um, how they, how they perform, right, and if the story does intrigue you, you know, if you feel, oh, yeah, I can relate to that, then give it a shot, you know, because, listen, these are my views, right, you might love it, you know, um, and Christian, he, he made another film that you may have seen, okay, so it was on YouTube, um, and then they aired it on Channel 4, uh, so it's called I Made This For You, and that as well is about, like, mental health, right, so if you watched that, and you were like, I, that's great, I loved it, then, yeah, you might want to give the glass man a, ch a check, right? So, um, yeah, it's out on Monday, as I said, and you'll be able to uh, get it in your usual spots. So, people, have a think, you know, maybe look at the trailer and uh, see if The Glass Man is a film for you. Okay, people, so we had a slight issue with the size of this week's episode, so I've had to split it into two bits, alright? Not a crazy situation if you subscribe with iTunes or something like that, because you'll have the second part. Otherwise, just hit the link at the bottom of the page, and um, yeah, you'll get part two, or just go to the other page manually. It's simple, people. All right. Enjoy the rest of the episode.